Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. On a Wednesday morning at Wax 104.5, a wet Wednesday morning may be a little slippery out there as well, so be careful. We're around that magic number. We're 33 degrees, so be careful. That's about where everybody is around the area, and with precipitation coming down, you don't know what it might be. Isn't that right, Miss Jill? It is. I kind of did a little bit of a spin around, going around a corner on the way in today. So be careful because uh, it is uh, icy in spots, and uh, that's what we can expect today. Some showers and snow, snizzle, whatever it might be early this morning, and breezy too, kind of windy in, in many spots. So be careful later on in the day when it gets about 41 for the high. It uh, should be all rain and then should be ending tomorrow, though. It might be all white as we're looking for some snow in the forecast for tomorrow. But we'll delve into the forecast as we go along. Don't forget the uh, WPS Farm Show continues today and tomorrow over at the EAA grounds in Oshkosh. And that'll open both days at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. You can get in free, but it'll cost your car 5 bucks or your pickup 5 bucks to park. And that uh, that's going on. Also in Chippewa County Farm Technology Days, farmers that want to think about uh, hosting the show, get in touch with the folks at the Chippewa Economic Development Corporation, either online or give them a call and find out how to get that form that you can fill out. And uh, send it in April 29th. So you got some time. You got about a month to do it. But again, get it done. So we have host farms to uh, take a look at, prospective host farms to take a look at, and uh, make that selection. So again, very important in Chippewa County for farmers that want to think about hosting it, need about, well, mostly flat land, obviously, or gently rolling. But you need about, oh, 60 to 80 acres just for tent city and the parking area and then you need some uh, other land for setup and demonstration area as far as field demonstrations it is a forage show so alfalfa will have to be planted here uh, very very soon so it's available for 2024 kind of on a short lease to get this show done so uh, it's uh, moving fast and the calf count is now at uh, 36. So you're well over half done. We are ha- over half done. All right. The Wilkie Land and Cattle Company down there in Osseo has got 36 on the ground and all of them named. All of them named. Yesterday we had King and Queen. That is a <laughs> twin pair. Okay. And Cactus. All right. So we got them all. Got them all named. All with K's. Even if they're not K's, we're changing it to a K cheating a little bit but that's okay (laughs) all right so we got other things to talk about we'll uh, take a look at uh, the plantings report which will come out tomorrow of course prospective plantings report and uh, that's anybody's guess as to well i don't know what the numbers are going to show but i don't know what farmers are actually going to plant with these input costs what's going on in ukraine all kinds of things so lots to talk about but again a quick check of our weather brought to you by markward motors markward has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. You can check them out on their lots or at markwartmotors.com. Again, right now, showers, snow, whatever it might be, moving across the area, depending on where you are. Kind of breezy this morning as well. Then uh, that'll kind of end. Then snow showers tonight with some snow tomorrow and into tomorrow night. And temperatures won't get out of the 30s tomorrow. It'll be about 41 today. Then Friday, 46 and mostly sunny and well into the 40s on Saturday and Sunday, but I don't see any 50-degree temperatures around here. Right now, it's 33 degrees. And again, the travel show, we were going to have one yesterday with the folks from Holiday Vacation on there to uh, moderate and tell us what was going on, but some uh, mix-ups, and so uh, 
That did not come off, but we will have one. It's going to be rescheduled. As soon as we get it rescheduled, I will let you know so you can uh, tune in on your computer at home and to see the beautiful, beautiful Austria, Bavaria, German countryside that we're going to see. So as soon as that gets rescheduled, we'll let you know, and it won't be too far away either. 33 degrees right now. Be careful if you're driving. Kind of slick out there. On Wax on a Wednesday morning, it's 5 o'clock, almost a minute after. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Soul Claire. Let's see what's going on. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Russia is pledging to pull troops back from Ukraine's capital and another city. The Pentagon calls the move a repositioning, not a withdrawal. Ukraine's leader is just as skeptical. Volodymyr Zelensky said the latest peace talks were positive, but warned that Russia still has significant potential to continue its attacks. In his nightly address, he urged everyone to stay vigilant. President Biden again condemning the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Putin's war is an unacceptable nations in every region of the world, not just Europe, but in every region of the world. Meeting with the Prime Minister of Singapore at the White House, Biden called it a brutal, unjustified military assault. He said it's an ongoing attack on core international principles of peace and security. Former President Trump is asking for political help from Russia's leader. He wants Vladimir Putin to release information about alleged dealings between President Biden's son and the widow of a late Moscow mayor. Trump claims the widow donated money to a company that he says is connected to Hunter Biden. Trump was already impeached in 2019 for asking Ukraine's leader to dig up dirt on both men before Mr. Biden was elected. The governor of Oklahoma says he will sign a bill that bans transgender girls from playing on female sports teams at Oklahoma public schools. Brian Shook explains. Kevin Stitt's office says he plans to sign the Save Women's Sports Act in a ceremony Wednesday morning at the state capitol. A news release says he'll be joined by members of the legislature and female athletes from across the state to celebrate the protection of women's sports in Oklahoma. I'm Brian Shook. And millions of people are about to start getting a fourth COVID shot. The FDA and CDC both signed off for everyone over 50. The CDC director says this will boost protection, especially for those at high risk. The FDA plans to meet next week about boosters for specific variants or expanding the current shots to all ages. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, in spots, now not all over the area, so, you know, just be careful where you are because you might be in one of those spots of getting some showers, maybe a little sleet, maybe a little snow this morning, and a little breeze out there. Some places the wind, you know, about 15 miles an hour or so. So just be careful out there. As the day goes along, it'll get better because we're going to have a high of about 41. Right now around our area, we're mostly around that magic freezing number. Overnight, it'll get about 30 with some snow showers and more snow in the forecast for tomorrow. I don't think a whole lot. But the high tomorrow is only going to be 37. Then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, partly to mostly sunny, will be well into the 40s. Right now it's uh, 30 in Medford, Rice Lake 34, 32 at Wausau, 33 in Green Bay, 32 in Marshfield across, Madison Sun Prairie at 37. Milwaukee is at 39 this morning into here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area with a little of that stuff falling, not real heavy, at least right here in Eau Claire, but uh, where you are it might be, so be careful out there this morning. We're 33 degrees right now. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong as the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. So you shouldn't need your sunscreen today or tomorrow, but uh, maybe a little over the weekend wouldn't be a bad deal. All right, let's get to our market. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance and Jill, the cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 132 to 142, with mixed at 115 to 131. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 142, with mixed at 115 to 129. Choice fed Holstein steers are 123 to 130, with selects. At 106 to 122. 
Cows are 62 to 77 with a top of 95. Bulls are 75 to 114. Butcher hogs are 73 to 88. Sows are 69 to 75 with boars at 20 to 34. New crop market lambs are 160 to 190 and feeder lambs are 160 to 345. And at the Mercantile Exchange uh, at the close, livestock futures, cattle higher, hogs lower yesterday. April live cattle, 140.90, that was up 60 cents. June at 138.47, up $1.70. August cattle, 138.52, that's 122 higher. And the October contract closed at 144.85, that was up 95 cents. Feeder cattle for April, 164.35, that's up 352. May at 169.40, up 432. August, 181.40, up 307. And September at 183.60, up 260. Lean hog carcass contracts for April, 106.05, down $1.52. May at 118.77, down 52. June at 124.62. Down a dollar forty-two in July, one twenty-four twenty-two, down a dollar twelve. And at the Board of Trade yesterday, markets were double digits lower. They're supposedly in talks, Russia and Ukraine. Russia supposedly slowing the shelling of the capital of Kiev, but uh, not really sure that that's happening. So they were double digit lower yesterday, mixed overnight. Uh, July corn rebounded a nickel sitting at 713 this morning. Oats down a nickel at 668. July wheat up a fraction at 1009. Soybeans up one after being down over 20 cents yesterday at the close. July beans 1625. Meal down 20 cents at $461 a ton. Dairy markets also down yesterday. Barrel cheese down six, 219. Blocks down nine at 217 a pound. Butter down two cents, two seventy one and three quarters. March class three, twenty two forty two. That was up a penny, and then the prices went the other way. April twenty three twenty nine down twenty four. May twenty three fifty down sixty six. June twenty three fifty two down fifty four. And July milk down forty five at twenty three forty. No more twenty four dollar milk on the board. Prices were lower through the end of the year. As we look at the markets, brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The wheels aren't turning yet, but hopefully it won't be long or we can at least uh, think about it. Brad Matson joins us this morning to talk about uh, some early spring planning. Brad, of course, the lead agronomist with Provision Partners Cooperative with headquarters in central and western Wisconsin. And, Brad, we've talked about getting the corn planter ready, making sure all the inputs are in place when we do get going. But when we talk about corn planting, there's more than just, you know, putting the corn in the boxes and a little starter and away we go. There's more to it than that. Oh, absolutely, Bob. You know, as I'm driving around and visiting people, seeing the corn planters sitting outside hooked to the tractors, everybody's getting them set up and getting ready for uh, spring planting 2022. And and we've talked about setting up the planters, looking at your gauge wheels, looking at, you know, the bushings and, and, and getting that planter optimized. The next thing we need to look at is, you know, with the planters today, unlike the old ones, we, uh, we have to use a lot of... Uh, different types of products to create seed flow, such as talc and a talc graphite, graphite, or other seed flow things. And, and uh, you know, does it really matter? Does it, how does that affect performances? And, uh, and it's really a pretty big thing. If you're using a planet that's requiring talc, you know, the humidity in the outside air, the seed temperature, you know, if you put that cold seed that's been sitting in the warehouse out and bring it out and it's 55 degrees, which we haven't seen for a little bit right now, but uh, you're going to get condensation, so it's going to dramatically affect how much talc that you have to use. Uh, other seed pull things, such as graphite, having that on the seed is uh, important for the wearability of what's going on, you know, to keep the seed flowing, plus keeping uh, certain wear parts in your planter from wearing out. Those, those all have a factor. Um, the biggest thing that I've seen is is how we apply it. Are we evenly mixing that? You know, it's so easy just to throw a bunch of seed in there and throw a cup full of talc or whatever and call it good enough. But having that thoroughly mixed is going to really impact the performance. There's a lot of studies out there showing, you know, as much as a 100% difference in singulation 
based on just on how the, using the correct quantity of these products and then using having them thoroughly mixed evenly so that they, they do the job that they're intended to do. Now, the, the talk and the graphite that you talk about, is it just you buy one product and that's it, or are there different <laughs> grades of this stuff? They're pretty much the same. There's a little bit of differences out there. There's some products that got some biologicals that's supposed to have root activity. There's uh, there's a lot of different flavors out there, if you will. But it's mainly setting up for what your planner recommends and using the rates based on the weather condition that's going to optimize that seed singulation, preventing those skips and doubles. Is there a formula based on the humidity of that day or the temperature of that day that uh, we know we're using the right amount or mixing it in the right formulation? You know, that's part of the art form of the planting process, you know, and it changes from day to day and even from morning till afternoon as the humidity is and the temperature is changing. Um, how cold your seed is, all those types of things that are going to cause condensation. So you got to start out with your owner's manual, and then you're going to have to use your uh, knowledge and, and uh, look at that monitor. The monitors today are, are doing a great job of telling singulation and, and those types of things. So you have to kind of look at all the resources around you, Bob, and uh, and that's what makes a uh, planting interesting because there's, you know, we have a tremendous amount of technology, but there's still a lot of art form to it. Yeah, just when you think you got it figured out, they throw another, another wrench in the works. Brad, uh, again, good to talk to you. Hopefully Mother Nature will cooperate uh, soon, and we'll at least be able to get out and scratch the ground a little bit, but not yet. Yeah, well, we haven't seen enough manure spreaders get buried yet, Bob, so we know we're not quite there yet. <laughs> that is for sure. Thanks, Brad. Good analogy. Brad Matson with us, lead agronomist with Provision Partners Cooperative. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, we've got 33 degrees. And that means it's kind of tricky out there because there's some precipitation falling and a little breezy out there, so be careful. But we got farm news to take a look at here this morning on Wax and uh, things going on that are uh, pretty important around Wisconsin and around the world. We'll check that next. Brought to you by Chili Implement in Chile. With land prices the way they are now, why would you give your field to your neighbor? Get quality seedbed preparation with brilliant pulverizers from Chili Implement and Chili. Available in many models and sizes to choose from, all brilliant pulverizers have one thing in common, higher yield. And they come with a five-year warranty on ductile iron wheels. The bottom line, a better return on your investment. Brilliant pulverizers available at Chili Implement and Chili, 10 miles west of Marshfield on H, then south on Y. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And courtesy of Chili Implement in Chile, Brad and the gang over there. Let's find out uh, some of the things going on. Jill, get us started. The highly pathogenic avian influenza outbreak across the country is spreading. It is now the third largest outbreak ever of the disease in this country. So far, the USDA's Animal Plant Health Inspection Service has overseen the removal of over 14 million birds on operations in 16 states, behind only the 2014-2015 outbreak that saw the removal of over 50 million chickens and turkeys and the 83-84 outbreak that took over 17 million birds. The hardest-hit operation so far has been an egg-laying farm in Buena Vista County, Iowa, which has lost over 5 million hens to the disease. So far, only one farm in Wisconsin, in Jefferson County, has been hit, but that outbreak cost them over 2.7 million birds. A coalition of U.S. farm groups recently asked the Biden administration to let farmers plant crops on Conservation Reserve Program ground this spring. In a letter to the administration, the group said it was necessary because of the loss of planted acres in Ukraine this spring caused by the ongoing Russian invasion. Ukrainian farmers are expected to plant at least 40% fewer corn acres this year, which will affect their status in world exports. Also between Ukraine and Russia, they produce nearly 30% of the world's wheat exports and 32% of world barley exports. But administration officials have already said no to that request, 
saying it's too late and that CRP ground is too marginal to put into production. And while our government officials have said no, the European Union, the European Commission, has approved a $550 million aid package for its farmers, and they uh, said they could now grow food and feed crops on fallowed land without losing any of their so-called green payments. So again... They said no in the United States, but yes in Europe to uh, taking some of that set-aside ground and growing crops, as it looks like the Ukraine will be deficient. Remember, Ukraine is 40% uh, fourth largest uh, corn exporter in the world, so we'll see how things pan out. And we're going to talk carbon markets next, right? Yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to Gene Brokish at a cover crop conference that I was at just a little while ago. And she gives us the information about carbon markets and how they relate to farmers and companies. And we'll do that next right here on Wax. Again, we've got about 33 degrees right now, and we're right at that magic marker all over our listening area. So be careful. There's precipitation falling where you are. It could be a little bit tricky. So uh, pay attention and uh, don't let it get away from you. Carbon markets next on Wax. It's 20 minutes after 5. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, carbon markets seem to be a hot topic with everyone right now, and agriculture is really an industry that can get involved in that and really make use of it. Aaron Zimmerman here from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Jill, you got some you got a chance to talk to someone a little bit about it and learn a little bit more about what's going on with carbon markets and agriculture's involvement. Yes, I did, Aaron. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I had the opportunity to talk to Jean Brokish. She's the Midwest Program Manager for American Farmland Trust. She really explained carbon markets and the relationship between companies and farmers and the benefits that farmers can have with going into this endeavor with the companies. As the Midwest Program Manager for American Farmland Trust, I also provide coordination for the Illinois Sustainable Ag Partnership. And that is a group of uh, commodity organizations, nonprofit, and farmer groups. And we were actually being approached by representatives from different carbon market entities saying, hey, can you help us? We want to share our information with your farmers. And and um, we were kind of sitting there, wait a minute, you know, we want to make sure the message that is being shared with farmers is transparent and realistic and appropriate for our farmer audience. And so part of this whole process and, and how I've gotten into it is a colleague of mine and I started uh, curating or, or developing resources for farmers that was... Uh, designed to be transparent and understandable from a farm level. And it wasn't just the traditional commercial spiel that you might be hearing about carbon markets right now in the news. Tell me what carbon markets are all about. Essentially, a carbon market is a, a matchmaking between a corporation that has some sort of sustainability pledge. There's a lot of corporations, everything from Walmart to Microsoft to Kellogg's, has stated some sort of sustainability goal or climate neutral goal in the next, you know, 20, 30 years. And they're looking at their own systems and they're saying, can we reduce enough carbon within our manufacturing, within our transportation? And oftentimes they can't. And so then they're looking out and they're, I, I have um, kind of a, a presentation that shows them going upstream in the supply chain. And eventually you go upstream farm and, uh, far enough and you get to the farm, right? So they're looking at the farm and saying, if we can't reduce enough carbon and make our products green enough in-house, can we go back to the farm and implement some practices and tweak how the how the raw products are produced in order to meet these sustainability goals. And so essentially a carbon market is just the economic driver or the tying money to that ecosystem service or that carbon that's being sequestered on the farm. How can all this carbon market information relate back to our farmers? I just mentioned the corporations are trying to make changes within their systems. And if they can't, then we need to look further up the supply chain. And um, the way that translates at the farm level, then, is farmers implementing good 
conservation practices, you know, those practices for soil health. And uh, we're at the cover crop conference here. A lot of farmers are doing cover crops here. A lot of farmers are doing no-till here. And um, those practices are shown to capture carbon by putting carbon and or soil organic matter into the soil. And they're also providing an opportunity to reduce nitrous oxide and other greenhouse gases. And so essentially, this all comes back to the farm level by um, promoting good soil health practices and good land stewardship and creating an opportunity for farmers who who are relatively early in that, in that stage. Because if you've been doing this for a long time, sadly, carbon markets, there's not really much of an opportunity for you in carbon markets if you've been doing these practices for a long time. But for farmers who are who are thinking about doing the practices or are relatively early in their soil health journey, there may be an opportunity for them to enter a carbon market and be compensated and add a little bit additional income along with the other on-farm benefits that they're getting by way of better soil, better water quality, better crop health, etc. What should a farmer really know about getting involved in this and seeing the benefits of the carbon markets? A great question. Essentially, there's so many things that farmers need to deal with and manage year in and year out. And so I think it's really important to set realistic goals and understand as if or when you're approached by a market representative to ask really good questions in terms of what kind of changes in management will I need to make in order to meet the requirements? What kind of record keeping is going to be needed? What are any costs to myself or any penalties to myself if if for some reason I can't get my cover crops planted in a year when I said I was going to? So really, essentially, just reading through that contract and reading the fine print and understanding what the risks are for you as a farmer and your farm operation is really, really critical. And I, um, and I know, you know if a farmer doesn't have an attorney... Ideally, you have an attorney you're working with. But if you don't have an attorney, just really encourage the farmers to read through those contracts and read that fine print because the devil's in the details there sometimes. And if you don't understand all the terms in the contract, uh, reach out to somebody who can help you understand things in there that that maybe even just going through it with a highlighter and saying, I don't understand what this term means or I'm not sure how this applies to my farm and working with somebody who can help you understand that just so that you really, um, to manage those risks. Farmers have so many things to worry about. This is not something that we want uh, to be a penalty for them. Let's go back and look at those benefits of the carbon market. Well, essentially for a farmer that is making a change towards uh, no-till or strip-till and cover crops, they will be seeing benefits in their soil. And so the carbon market is an opportunity to bring some financial benefits as well to the farmer. You're making those changes. There's a risk in making those changes, you know, but a carbon market can b- provide compensation for the farmers. And there is that demand for carbon markets again, based on the corporate sustainability pledges, is increasing. And I don't believe that's going to go away. So there is a real opportunity for agriculture to help meet that need and to potentially benefit economically from it. I would say too, though, I always encourage farmers to think more broadly about the benefits of soil health and conservation practices as well. And even if you decide not to do a carbon market, there are economic benefits. There's a greater return on investment for your farm. There's greater resiliency in your soil and your crop health by implementing practices like reduced tillage and cover crops. So whether you do a carbon market or not, I believe that um, looking at protecting the soil and building your soil health is a benefit for farmers and agriculture in general. And again, that's uh, Jean Brokish. Uh, Jill had a chance to talk to her. Now, where is she from? What are her credentials? She's coming out of Illinois. Okay. And she's been involved in this carbon market uh, situation and where the money is. If there's money to be made, people can buy offsets and however it works. But if you're interested, explore and uh, capturing carbon 29 minutes after five o'clock we're going to catch up with rocky next see what's going on over at premier livestock in the withy area keeping it rural wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report well let's get over to premier livestock in withy rocky olson joins us good morning rocky how you doing i'm doing great Doing great. And the lot is all clean. All that equipment that was sold on Friday, it's all gone, right? Yeah, I wished it was. But, <laughs> hey, we, we definitely had a lot of good buyers and a very, very tremendous auction. Uh, do have 
our next one coming up June 17th. Oh, my God. You already got one planned, huh? You betcha. All right. And uh, we got to get off what's uh, what's still there. But, uh, again, good auction. That's good to hear. Well, what about the livestock side of things? How's that going so far this week? Bob, that's going good. Pretty good, too. Thank you. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how uh, this week's markets are shaping up here at Premier Livestock. Fed cattle trading strong. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 122 to 132. Choice beef steers and heifers, 128 to 138. Uh, market cows also trading stronger. High yielding cows from 77 to 93. Most cows from 68 to 76. Uh, market bulls high yielding from 90 all the way up to $1.15. Lower yielding bulls. 89 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. Most cows trading from 83 to $1.09. Uh, lower yielding and lightweight, 82 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves, mostly from 125 to 225 per head. Beef calves, 135 to 395. Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 35. Today, Wednesday, we're back on. We got our hay auction at 9.30 this morning. Then the dairy cattle auction gets underway at 11. Uh, we are expecting well over 300 head of dairy cattle. The feature consignment of the day, we have a complete retirement herd dispersal of 130 Holstein and Red Holstein dairy cows. They are tie stall cows, outside daily, headlock adapted, loose housing, 80-pound uh, herd average, 4-2 butterfat, 3-3 protein, 165 cell count. They are on test. We'll have 35 cows milking 100 to 135 pounds, 30 spring and dry cows, over 50 years of AI breeding. That herd coming from Ben and Jan Heck out of Greenwood. Uh, we'll have several other loads of parlor freestall fresh young cows, one load of two-year-olds milking over 90 pounds, one load of uh all registered fresh two- and three-year-olds, another group of hard-to-find springing and fresh pro-cross heifers, plus a nice uh, run of springing heifers. Full listing on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Online bidding will be available uh, through Cattle USA. Questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. Don't forget, coming up next week, Tuesday, will be our special feeder cattle auction and bread stock cow auction. That's the way it's shaped up, Bob. I hope all those uh, folks you had over there, the guys and the gals that helped you catalog and put that uh, machinery sale together, I hope you bought them an ice cream cone at least. Yeah, they got a nice paycheck too. But uh, yeah, we got a good, yeah. we got a great staff. Yeah, but they yeah. really do work. They really do work hard. You really? How many pieces of equipment do you figure you sold? Just roughly. Well, I think the total lots was uh, about twelve hundred. Oh boy, that takes a while to get through that. We we were. We're actually pretty impressed. Good. We uh, we started at nine o'clock in the one ring, nine thirty in the other one, and we we're done at two forty-five. Wow! In time to do chores. That's a yep. Good, uh, it was. Uh, it went moved rather nicely, but uh, when you have good prices and you can move right along, that certainly helps. It really does. Hey, Rocky, thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Talk to you in the morning. Hey, thank you. All yep. right, there he goes. That's Rocky over at Premier Livestock in with you. We'll check this forecast next. Kind of tricky in places, I think. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our weather on Wax this morning brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. And let's get over to Skywarn 13 and talk to Slippery Mike Dandria, our resident meteorologist. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. That's quite the nickname. I don't think I've ever been called that before. <laughs> well, you talk to people that are out and about, and they say in some spots it is a little bit slip un- slippery under the tires. Yeah, well, it's slippery on the sidewalks too. I was going is out to really? the patio. Yeah, I was going out to the patio and uh, standing in my spot, and I almost fell. <laughs> Thankfully, that wasn't on camera. So. Well, that's a good thing, but it is a little bit tricky out there this morning. That it is, and uh, really not going to get too much relief because we'll have chances on and off for some showers throughout the day, and uh, maybe a rumble or two of thunder as well. But uh, high is going to get into the low 40s, so very very similar to yesterday in terms of temperature. Now tonight, things will get pretty breezy as low pressure continues to slide towards the northeast. Our winds will start to shift out of the north. Now what that's going to do is uh, bring some snow chances our way. Accumulations don't look to be that big, maybe about an inch in uh, some spots. That's about the most that we'll see. But again, winds will be rather breezy. Can make for some slick spots too as we dip to a few degrees uh, below the freezing point. 
Tomorrow, things start to quiet down. We'll have mostly cloudy conditions, but it's going to be chilly. Temperatures in the mid-30s. Going into tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night, things will start to clear out, but that's going to open up the door for cooler temperatures, dipping into the low 20s before sunshine finally returns on Friday. And temperatures in the mid-40s, now that's below average, but that's still going to feel pretty good. Right now, we're looking at a couple sprinkles, but otherwise overcast skies. Temperature of 33 degrees in Eau Claire. I'm Skyward 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. When do you see 50? It's possible to start next week. Really? Possible. I'm not going to commit to it yet, but uh, Monday may hit that 50-degree mark. All right. Well, we'll anxiously wait for that. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Bob. You have a good one. You bet. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 with our weather on wax. Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get in the newsroom. Morgan is there up and at him with a smile on her face as always. Uh, you guys drive in from beautiful downtown Boyceville area. How was the road this morning? Well, I tell you, the red carpet had a little bit of ice across the top of it. Back road's a little slick, as expected. Uh, yeah, Most yeah, people yeah, know that drill. But yeah. interstate was free and clear. Good. Okay. Yeah, so. trucks were moving, people were moving, and here we are. Well, here we are, just like always. What's going on? Absolutely. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. What we will start with is a court case, and we approach the bench with attorneys representing Darrell Brooks Jr. That's the man accused of killing six people and injuring dozens more at last year's Waukesha Christmas Parade. Say they won't be ready for an October trial date, but Waukesha County Judge Jennifer Giroux addressed that. This was yesterday during a hearing on a juror questionnaire. And if I receive a motion and I grant the request for an adjournment, obviously resetting the trial would require us to alter some of the questions and the dates accordingly. But for now, I'm going to keep everything as if we are proceeding in October. Defense attorney said they can't be ready by October 3rd, given the volume of evidence they'll have to review. Duro gave them until Friday to file a motion to delay that trial. She scheduled a hearing for Monday. Also, she said she may rule on a change of venue motion then as well. In other headlines, there could be a change to the badges. Another candidate running for sheriff here in Eau Claire County. With 715 Newsroom coverage, it's John DeMaster who lets us know who that is. Jail Sergeant Kevin Otto jumped into the race as a Democrat yesterday. Otto's worked at the Eau Claire County Jail since 1999. He's been a sergeant since 2010. Otto is the latest to want to replace outgoing Sheriff Ron Kramer. Detective Don Henning is running as a Republican. I'm John DeMaster. Wisconsin State Patrol troopers responded to a grass fire in the median of I-94 just north of exit 98 near Northfield. It was poor visibility from that heavy smoke that then caused two vehicles to crash, both blocking eastbound lanes of traffic. It was about an hour and a half on scene for cleanup there. Another round of Wisconsin citizen soldiers are heading out on deployment. Governor Evers on hand to send off members of our Wisconsin Air National Guard's 128th Air Control Squadron. The troops are headed for the Middle East for tour with coalition forces and it would make the seventh time that the 128th is headed to the Middle East since 2001. And when it comes to the farm chores, you're no stranger to shifting gears, but uh, is that the way we're driving overall? I don't think so, right, The rise of electric vehicles, for example, is one development. Another is the fact that only around 18% of Americans know how to drive a manual transmission anymore. That's according to U.S. News and World Report, which points out that the stick shift is quickly fading into the past. Back in 1980, about 35% of all cars made in America were manuals. Fast forward to today, and that number has plummeted to around just 1%. I'm Michael Kastner. And always here to not grind your gears in the 715newsroom.com. I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you are up to date on Wax 104.5. You know how to double clutch and downshift with a standard transmission? I spent one afternoon with my mother in my grandma's driveway trying to learn her pickup truck. It took us about 10 minutes, a couple of hiccups, got out of the truck, and she said, have your dad do it. (laughs) So that's how that went with my manual transmission lesson. You know, my kids were just turning that age, you know... But a few years ago, I bought a truck that purposely had a manual transmission so they'd have to learn how yeah. to drive it. Now they do. I mean, it's a, you know, it was, that had an old 
Ford four on the floor type thing, mm-hmm. and, you know, a long swing in the gears. But uh, three on the tree, growing up with three on the tree. Yeah, well, she always said if you can't drive the manual, you got two legs. That's manual, uh, too, so you can hike yourself to school. I like her attitude. <laughs> She's I got like plenty of it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so does her daughter. <laughs> See you later. My sister, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Anytime, Bob. All right, there goes Morgan. You never had any problem driving a standard transmission, did you? I actually didn't. My first trip across the field was in a 76 Chevrolet with four, I think it was a three-speed Yep. Man, yep. that thing's shifted hard. Oh, yeah. But boy, once you learn that one, you could drive anything. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, they don't make them anymore. That is for sure. All right, that's a look at some news this morning here on Wax. Brought to you by Christensen Sales. Auction schedules online at ChristensenSales.com. On Tuesday, April 5th, Christensen Sales of Abbotsford will handle the complete auction of the herd of John and Don Herrick in Boyd. They're selling the farm and leaving the industry. Sale will start at 1130 on April 5th at the farm south of Boyd on 305th Street. 65 Holstein cows, 10 Holstein shortbread heifers, 13 Holstein heifers ready to breed will all sell. It's a very young herd of cows with 33 of those cows being first and second lactation. Again, that's the Don and John Herrick complete dairy herd dispersal Tuesday, April 5th, 1130 at the farm south of Boyd from Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we'll get to our markets here in just a few moments, but a few things coming up. First of all, we can report with accuracy now there will be no breakfast in the valley. Sponsoring organization, the uh, Eau Claire Area Chamber of Commerce, said uh, they just can't put it on, so uh, again, they couldn't sponsor it, couldn't host it, uh, so, and they said, we've got something else that we're going to do, but they have at this point in time not not shared with us what that is, but uh, again, we can take breakfast in the valley off the plate, which uh, is going to disappoint many, many people, that is for sure a great community bonding effort out at the uh, Eau Claire Fairgrounds. And it's not going to happen. Uh, sounds like uh, Breakfast in the Valley is now a, a dead project as far as the Chamber of Commerce in Eau Claire is concerned. And uh, that's a sad note on the calendar. Joe, what else is happening, though? Well, if you're hungry for steak this weekend, you head on over to Auburndale. There, the Auburndale Lions Club is having a steak feed on Saturday at 4 o'clock at the Auburn Shelter House. All right, that's over in Auburndale. So, again, um, the farm show is continuing over in Oshkosh. That's the WPS uh, farm show at the EAA grounds over in Oshkosh, and that's today and tomorrow. And also something we're looking for coming out tomorrow, that USDA plantings report. That'll be about 11 o'clock our time tomorrow. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter to six and 33 degrees out there. It's time to hear from Jim Lindsay from Equity El Tuna. Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.15 to $1.35. We topped at $1.37. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.10 to $1.33. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.19 to $1.30. We topped at $1.33.5. Choice Holstein steers, $1.06 to $1.18. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.05 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from 78 to 90. We topped at a dollar on a high-yielding fleck bay cow. 60% of the cows sold from 61 to 77. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 60 and down. Organic market on Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from 90 to a dollar six. We topped at a dollar seven and a half. Bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 89 and down. Cull bulls sold from 70 to a dollar. We did top at a dollar nine on a high-yielding Charlet bull. Thin, full, horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 75 to 190 dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from 75 dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 125 to 370 dollars per head. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held on March 18th. Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar twenty to a dollar sixty-eight. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty-five. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty-seven and a half. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar ten to a dollar sixty-two. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, eighty-five to a dollar thirty-six. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy-five to a dollar thirteen. 
We're now selling organic cattle on Tuesday at the Altoona Market. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, April 1st. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Hey, let's get more markets from the equity barns over at Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald joins us, and uh, you're not doing this out on the back porch this morning, huh, Jerry? Good morning to you, Bob. No, we're not. And uh, all folks, I'm sure uh, most folks that are listening to us are probably out in the barn, so they know how slippery it is. But uh, go out uh, without turning the light on or not checking it out there's a good possibility you might not be in an upright position. <laughs> oh, so it's a little slick, huh? Yeah, it is. And, but right. like I said, uh, I've been watching here that we've been through twice already. So, uh, but uh, but there are, uh, and uh, also for school districts, so young folks are going to have the day off because there's several schools closed over here already. So Yeah, which schools have announced they're, all, they're closed? Well, I, I didn't go through the list, but I, I know uh, the neighbors here all go to Mosney. I know they're closed. So. Okay. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. Other you know, ones be careful. I, I don't really, I didn't write the list down, but all just right. so check that out. But it'll get better. It's 30, just hit up to 33 now. So you can get in the high 30s today. Maybe this stuff will be melted off by. You know, yeah, and I see here Phillips, uh, Phillips School's closed today. Prentice is also closed. Rib Lake and uh, Russ County Transit Commission delayed uh, three hours. So, again, public schools in Phillips, Prentice, Rib Lake, uh, Mosinee all shut down today. All right, what else is going on at the market? Tell us what the cattle are doing. Well, we'll be open and uh, today, but first of all, we'll recap yesterday, Tuesday, and before we get to the cattle, we'll just uh, update the hay and straw auction from yesterday here at Equity Stratford. Uh, of second and third crop hay sell mostly from 60 to 75 a bale. Round bales of grass ear hay, that's mostly from 35 to 55 a bale. Uh, and uh, alfalfa rounds, mostly from 45 to 55 second crop there. And uh, your small squares continue to sell mostly from 250 to 350 a bale. Now we'll get into the cattle portion of the sale yesterday. And of course, every Tuesday year in Stratford, we sell organic market cows. Uh, higher yielding organic markets, uh, market cows yesterday's auction, 96 to 107. Lower yielding organics, mostly from 85 to 95. And the conventional cows, steady this week so far. High yielding Holstein cows yesterday, selling from 75 to 88. Uh, top cow week so far at $90. Most of the cows this week selling from 59 to 75. Uh, thinner cows. Lighter carcass cows below 58. Bull trade, better quality bulls are mostly from 85 to 105. And calf market, strong market all week in the bull calves, 100 to 215 on those bull calves. Uh, limited demand in the heifer calves, a little better than it has been, though, mostly 40 and below. Beef calves, very strong, 175 to 350, up to 400 on Monday. And we are at Wednesday here at Stratford. We start this morning at 10 o'clock. Uh, might be a slight delay because of the weather, but anyway, get them started around 10. We'll sell conventional market cows, red cattle, bulls this morning, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Feeder sale is at noon. And we just want to mention our next dairy sale will be at April, be on April 5th next week here at Equity Stratford. We have two complete herd dispersals. Uh, and the first herd, the Ed Rudolph herd from Midford, very fine herd of cows. And we have another real nice herd for the second herd, 25 Holstein cows. So a lot of information on our website. Put that on your calendar next week, uh, April 5th. Like I said, uh, uh, next week, of course, do your chores, go and vote, and come to the sale. And we'll have some really good cows for the folks. So that'll be next week. Bob, I guess with that, we'll turn it back to you. Folks, if you're out there this morning, do drive careful. And uh, hopefully, I don't know, they're supposed to get to be 40 today? About 41, that'll be about it. But over the weekend, the sun will come back out mid-40s and maybe 50 about Monday. So uh, we'll see. Have a good one, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. Sounds good, Bob. Thank you much. There you go. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. And again, uh, if you're wondering about schools, Phillips schools are closed today. No virtual learning. Prentice closed today, and it is a virtual learning day. 
and Rib Lake closed on Wednesday, and the Russ County Transit Commission delayed three hours today. So uh, morning county routes only in Rusk County and Mosinee schools are also closed today. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our market's being brought to you by the folks at Synergy Cooperative as we look at the Board of Trade activity there yesterday with uh, reportedly Russia and Ukraine having some talks to end this stupid war and uh, stop the shelling. Markets did go down and overnight reacted a little bit, but not much. They were double digits lower, 20, 21 cents lower yesterday. July corn rebounded 5 cents to 7.13 this morning. Oats down a nickel at 6.68. Wheat up a fraction of a cent at 10.09. July soybeans up one at 16.25. Meal down 20 cents a ton at $461 a ton. Looking at our country elevator prices... Doomer's Grain of Holman and Buck Country of Arcadia. Corn is at six fifty six, with soybeans at fifteen seventy five. Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls, and Connorsville location. Corn is at six sixty two, and soybeans are at fifteen seventy. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plump today, and uh, these prices down again ten, fifteen, twenty cents from yesterday. Golden Plump corn six forty four a bushel at uh, Baldwin Elmwood and Fall Creek six forty two and fifteen fifty five at Duran soybeans also at fifteen fifty five the corn at six forty Mondovi six forty four for corn fifteen fifty five on the soybeans Osseo at six forty seven and fifteen fifty five over at Stevens Point at ADM soybeans fifteen forty a bushel Elk Mound six forty eight and fifteen sixty nine Sparta's corn at six sixty three soybeans fifteen Ellsworth, 637, and the beans at 1542. Boyceville, ethanol plant 670, Stanley 668, New Richmond 663. Dairy markets, not a good day yesterday. Barrel cheese fell 6, 219. Blocks down 9 at 217. Butter down 2 at 271 and 3 quarters. March class 3 up 1 at 2242. April down 24 at 2329. May down 66 at 2350. June down 54 at 2352. July down 45 at 2340. No $24 milk on the board anymore. And again, be careful out there. We got some slippery conditions out there. Temperatures right around freezing, getting precipitation. It could get slippery again. Phillips schools closed today. Prentice and Rib Lake schools are all closed today, and so is the Mosinee schools. 33 right now. We'll get up to about 41 degrees today. Be careful, at least until it gets a little uh, daylight out there. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.